You're listening to the Team Stripes Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to episode 76 of the Team Stripes Podcast, proudly presented by Acme Whistles, helping you make the big calls since 1870. The legendary Acme Thunderer is now available in matte black. Ross, how are you today? Dude, I'm happy to be back on with you. Uh, I took, um, I guess, the last, what, one or two episodes off. I think you did two solo. Two, two little, two-week two vacation. Yeah, just, you know, life happens. And, you know, you had the laptop issue, and then I'm dealing with school, and finals are coming up. So, you know, it's nice to be back with you. Nice to talk to you again, dude. Uh, looking forward to this episode. Um, got some stuff we're going to talk about, some uh, health, fitness, nutrition stuff. Um, I think we're going to, we're going to touch on some mental health stuff too, which is kind of a big thing in my world with what I kind of deal with every day. Um, and then we're going to talk about, we got NCAA that kicked off. So that's going to be coming. We're going to be doing some NCAA talk. And obviously I think the biggest news of the day, as we record this today on Monday is the NHL and Adidas unveiling the reverse retro sweaters. I was really excited for this. I think you were too. So you know what? Let's just go ahead and dive straight in. I think we'll break it down by division. Okay. Uh, I have it by division broken down. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're gonna we're gonna get into some Jersey talk here. So, do you want to start with the Pacific Division? Yeah. Uh, let's start with that. My list. Okay. So, so for the Pacific Division, we can start with your favorite team. Oh, the, the Calgary, Calgary Flames. Flames. Okay. I just want to say this. Blasty is back, and I am buying 17 of those jerseys. I don't care. They are sick. They are awesome. I'm so glad Blasty's back. And for those of you that don't know, Blasty's the horse's name. It's the <laughs> flaming horse. It's back. They look sick. I mean, like, compared to what they were back in the day, I don't think a whole lot has changed when they were first mm-hmm. released in 2000. But I – I like the simple piping on the bottom and on the sleeves. Just the, yeah. the yellow, the yellow and red is so nice on that black sweater. They did a good job. Good job, boys. It's so clean and classy. I love it. Can't wait um, for them to release. So the Vegas one, we'll talk about real quick. It's a it's a touch and a nod to the Vegas Thunder of the International Hockey League. It's basically the same jersey design that that ihl team used just with a red base the shoulder logo is the primary and then obviously the gray gold and black uh eh. like it's it's not vegas enough for me yeah they were they unfortunately landed in the uh, bad column on my list i i I don't know why, but whenever I see a team that's not generally a red colored jersey and a red colored jersey, I don't like the look of it. Um, I just I, the Vegas jerseys just they're eh at best. Like they're they're yeah. just they're not good, unfortunately. Um, I'm and sure then, Vegas uh, fans are happy about it, but yeah, I mean they're cool. They're just, yeah, like the man. the logo is cool, but I mean yeah. I think they could have done a lot of other different things with it. Oh, they de- I think they could have as well. Um, so we'll roll on to the LA Kings going Laker colors, purple and gold. Look, I they're, love them. they're good looking sweaters. 
I have a feeling that we're going to see a lot of those in the stands during Lakers games. Um, I feel like it, it hits that Lakers market as well as the Kings market going to the purple and gold. And, and years ago, back when uh, the owner of the, the Lakers and the Kings was the same guy, the Kings did used to wear the purple and purple and gold. Yeah, I, I like them. I mean, they're awesome. The purple looks clean. I think it's a good design. It's simple. It's classic. I like them. Uh, so then we got we got the Ducks bringing back Wild Wing, which was amazing. I it had to happen. Um, the Coyotes brought back the uh, desert or desert coyote head. The Kachina. Yeah, yeah. They brought back that jersey instead of it being black. It's purple now. Um, the Oilers status quo for them though it is the first time that the oilers have had an orange shoulder on a white sweater interesting so um and then uh we'll round out the pacific real quick the 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 sharks went gray and the the canucks took their old third jersey that used to be that like burgundy fading into like blue now it's green fading into blue, which fits their color scheme. Great job. It's the same jersey, different colors, all good, though. So I think we're good there. Any, yeah, anything really else on the Pacific? quick. Um, I liked Vancouver's a lot. I, I think the green's an interesting color. Um, the Oilers, I felt like they could have done a lot more. To me, they, they look like what would be their home jerseys just on the road. Yeah. Um, but really quickly, the Ducks and Arizona are sick. I really, really, really yeah, like. Yeah, they the went Ducks back ones. to that nineteen, the nineteen ninety six. You know, the first year of the third jerseys feel. Yeah, they. I mean, and the Kachina is always perfect in Arizona. Arizona loves it. The fans love it there. I think the purple looks good with it. Um, I'm happy with everybody in the Pacifics. Besides, I mean, Vegas's and the Oilers, but I might be a little bit biased against the Oilers as well. <laughs> Fair enough. So we'll jump over to the Metro. Number one thing that stuck out for me with the Metro was the Hurricanes going full Hartford Whalers. Yep. Thank God. Good job, boys. They look good, too. Um, and then there's so many good ones in the Metro. So then you got Lady Liberty's back. Uh, for the for the Rangers, the Devils going green. Uh, the Islanders got lazy. They um, they forgot the due date. Yeah, they completely forgot the due date, and we're like, oh shit, what do we do? Uh, here's a jersey. Um, I'm digging the Flyers. Pittsburgh, I like. Columbus, get out of here. Terrible. Too much red, because the logo has red and the sweater is red. Too much red for me. Yeah, And then the Washington Capitals, I used to love the bronze and blue Capitals sweater with the Screaming Eagle. So the red, white, and blue Screaming Eagle sweater is doing it for me. I do like the Capitals sweater. Um, I think kind of in the same boat as you, like I always loved that Eagle. Um yeah, the red looks a little bit weird to me, but I think it would work. Um, but, I mean, yeah, like 
Hartford Whaler jerseys looks amazing. I didn't like the Rangers third jersey because we've seen those before. I, I mean, I understand. I have, it's a throwback. I have the white. I have the white Lady Liberty jersey, which is one of my all-time favorites. So I, I'm digging this blue one. Yeah, I'm just not. I a just fan. like the logo. I and and to me, like, yeah, I'm. I don't know why. I'm just not a fan of them. The Flyers, I. I, I mean, a basic jersey, I think all they did was really change up the shoulders of it. Yeah. The Devils, though, I really hope they have a game on uh, Boxing Day or the December 26th. That way they can wear those jerseys because it's oh, a no, Christmas Oh, no, they got to wear them tree. on St. Patrick's Day. I know. I love them. They, I mean, they look like <laughs> Christmas, and I, I love it. The Islanders, they, yeah, they forgot – they forgot to put in a jersey. All, legit, all the Islanders did was flip the white and yellow, orange stripes yeah. on, the, on the arms and on the bottom. Like, are you kidding me? So, apparently, they're doing it to honor the 1980 season and the start of their dynasty, which I understand the, the theory behind it, but, like, where's the fisherman? that exact jersey. Yeah, like, bring back the fisherman. Like, bring back something... I guess we I want it. fish sticks. I agree. Do you, do you, do you know the story about that? Back when they used to play against the Rangers wearing the, um, the, the fisherman Jersey, the crowd used to chant, we want fish sticks. <laughs> That's great. Cause it looks like the Gordon's fisherman. And yeah. then what's funny is the Jersey with the waves and shit on it. They kept the Jersey and got rid of the Gordon's fisherman and brought back the old, you know, New York Islander logo. Yeah, they because they, they got tired of, or at least you know whatever, uh, they got tired of the fans and play when they played the Rangers or even the Devils chanting, "We want fish sticks." I mean, I don't, I don't blame them for that. I would have liked to see him come back. I think everybody would have liked to see him come back. Yeah, um, I think, I think that was one of the big disappointments of the day. Was everyone was like, "Where's the fisherman?" Yeah, I mean, like. The Islanders didn't do a whole lot. They switched two colors around. Like, you know, yeah. that's that was disappointing. But uh, we can jump to the central. Yes. So Chicago. Eh, we've seen these before. We, did they wear them at a winter classic or something? Very similar. It was one of their 19 outdoor games. Yeah. Like, it, I, uh, I put them down as bad just because we've seen them before. Dallas. Horrible. I like it with all the white, but also I don't like it because it's too white. It looks so weird. Like it's it, it no. The logo's like them. whitewashed too. Yeah, I hated them. Uh I still hate them. They're just it's it's weird. The the Predators, um it's mustard stain 2.0. At least their like, shoulders I, are white. Yeah, I like that they brought back the silver shoulders from their original jerseys. Put the mustard yellow. Failed attempt. Um, it's going to be a failed attempt again. St. Louis Blues. I this love them. sweater. Love them. Was, is one of my all-time favorites. The white one and the blue one. Um, that they were they were wearing them the year that Gretzky played for them because he only you know he got traded from the Kings to the Blues to try to win a cup. Mm-hmm. Love, love, love the diagonal striped jersey. I love that they went red with it. Um, well done. The Jets jersey, throwback to the old Winnipeg Jets with the new colors. I well like done. the black a lot. Two of the biggest winners of the day 
the Minnesota Wild, gorgeous, and the Quebec Nordique. I mean, Colorado Avalanche. Um, Minnesota bringing back that North Stars look, uh, just beautiful. I I would kill to see the. Uh, wild just go to this color scheme the yellow and the green and white i was gonna say it looks clean and yeah like you said like i really think the wild did a great job there um definitely definitely overshadowed though by the avalanche oh the avalanche jersey is by far one of the best of the day might i think it might be my number one yeah Um, i mean i don't even like the avs but like they're just clean jerseys i mean like they They still have all the avalanche colors in them. I like the yep. light blue it's, for the lettering. It's the it's the Quebec Nord. It is legitimately the yep. Quebec Nordique jersey with Colorado colors. I am personally going to be buying one with number nineteen Sakic on the back to add to my jersey collection. That's going to happen. Um, it's just it's a beautiful jersey. I was an Avs fan as a kid, so like oh my goodness, and I was a fan of theirs when, when they were still in Quebec too. So it was like, just, it, oh man, this one uh, just, it definitely does something for me. They, they knew they had to bring out the Nordiques and they did it. Perfectly. Oh, they did. They did for sure. And then we're going to jump to the final division, the Atlantic, um, Boston, yellowed sweater, uh, with the spoke to be Teddy, with the spoke to be, that's fine. But that, that like early '90s confused-looking teddy bear on the shoulder. Yeah. Um, Buffalo. I was really hoping for the goat head on yep. the crest instead of the sabers, but they did it on the shoulders. It's a throwback to their black and red with the cross sabers. Well done, Detroit. The only got thing, lazy. Well, hold on for Buffalo. Okay, the we'll only go back thing to I don't like is. The buffalo, buffalo on the bottom, yeah, like across the I don't I don't know like the stomach area of the jersey. Yeah. To me, like I'm just like yo, like let's not put lettering on that jersey, and I think it's that yeah. much better. Yeah, I I think they could have left off the Buffalo Sabers word mark. Yeah, but Detroit. Um, uh, uh, I'm blaming this one 100 percent on Steve Eiserman for being like, wait, we have to make a jersey. Uh, what's our practice jersey look like? Add some gray to it. 1,000%. It looks like a practice jersey that, I mean, yeah, they, they just added gray to it. like they're, Or silver or whatever. Yeah. I get that it's supposed to be a homage to that 1998, 1990, or the 97-98 team that went back to back. I get it, but it's got Steve Eiserman written all over it just because of how lazy or not, not really. I wouldn't say lazy, but just simple. It is. They're weird. I mean, um, yeah. Yeah. I think we can just leave it at that. Yeah. The Canadians going with a blue base with the red stripe. I like it. I dig it. I like it. it a lot. Um, Ottawa going bright red. Uh, yeah. I really wish they, they changed that. up the shoulders. Just to add some more color? Yeah, maybe go black shoulders or even Something. gold shoulders. Something. Because um, the all red yeah, is, is yikes in my with, opinion. With the rebrand, though, I, I get it. They're just trying to uh, – I don't put, mind the, you know, the logo. Like the logo oh, I love, fine the, I, I love that they fine. went back to the 2D logo. I would have just liked to see a 
different color on the shoulders or just another splash of color somewhere that's not just screaming at you red uh toronto basically did their 70s sweater with clean as always instead of white um so the my big one of my big disappointments of the day um i love the panthers bringing back the leaping panther one of my all-time favorite logos in all sports I really wish they wouldn't have had a blue base just because I would kill to see the lightning play the Panthers in color jerseys. It's the only reason why I'm upset with their Jersey because it's like, man, you guys could have gone red, but the Jersey used to be red with the, with the blue shoulders. So I understand why they did it. I think the, the blue looks better though. It does. For the it Panthers. Does. I'm just, it's just being selfish reasons for me. That's fair. Um, and then my Tampa Bay lightning brought back the OG sweater except turned it blue. So they did absolutely Um, nothing. We got the victory (laughs) stripes. We got the white shoulders, the white piping at the bottom with the black trim. But yeah, I just, I don't know. Like they didn't do anything. It does it for me because like, I always wanted a blue lightning Jersey with the old logo, but I was really hoping for like a modern take on the OG lightning third Jersey. Those like all sweater. black ones, yes. No, 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 the storm sweater with the, like the lightning bolts on the sleeves, and the, it's got the really long gray shoulder down oh, to the yeah, elbow yeah, yeah, for yeah. Okay. storm clouds. Yep. And then there's rain on the jersey. I I just kind of wish they would have you know gone there, but I'll take it. It's I tell you, I miss our original logo. The one under Orin Coolis was crappy because they they updated it, make it look you know, modern. I like our original logo. I kind of wish we'd bring it back permanently because I don't know. I just don't like how simple our team is. Right yeah. Now. I, I like the Tampa logo that they have on the reverse jerseys. Yeah. And if they made original. that, yeah. Like if they made that the normal home Jersey, like I think they're no clean. Com- no complaints out of me. No, but I mean, for, for what they did for this, jersey reveal throwback whatever you want to call it like they just stamped a logo onto their blue jersey but i'm gonna i am gonna say this it's the first time all 31 teams participated in a third jersey program together and overall i think it was well done by adidas uh they're gonna definitely generate some revenue from more there are more jerseys for some teams than others that's for sure but I, I think they they hit what they were going for. So kudos to you, Adidas and National Hockey League for the reverse retro sweaters. Yeah, I I really want these jerseys to be worn every game. If we're being honest, especially Blasty. <laughs> I mean, I just keep looking at the Flames black one, and I'm just like, man, like if those were our normal home jerseys, like that would be sick. But. Obviously, they are just third jerseys. I really do like them. I, I, like I, I made a list. I had 11 of them that I absolutely loved, 11 that I thought were, you know, pretty okay, and then nine that I think they missed the ball on, uh, mm-hmm. whether it's because we've already seen it before or I just like Columbus or Dallas. They just missed the mark, I think. Yeah. For sure. So with that on the reverse retro jerseys, what do you guys think? Let us know in our comment section on uh, whether it be on YouTube or on Facebook or 
whatever other form of media that you will be taking this in on, whether it's Spotify, iTunes, whatever. Tell us which of which of the reversed retro jerseys is your is your favorite and your least favorite. Let's get a little feedback from you guys. So obviously we we brought up earlier our interview is about fitness and uh, eating right and doing that kind of stuff, but I I think we should take some time. Uh, to talk about some mental health stuff. Um, it's something that we as a society don't really talk about as much as we should. Uh, myself, I am a veteran of the military. I served five years in the Air Force. So obviously, you know, there's that, we, there's, in the military, there's a stigma about um, having any kind of mental health issues, which I will be 100% honest. And I've, I've told I've told Brendan this and the other guys with the podcast, you know, I, I do have some mental health issues. I, I do struggle with a little bit of depression, a little bit of anxiety, um, which uh, I'm, I just started new meds and all that kind of stuff for. So I'm doing a heck of a lot better, but you know, during the season we have our highs and lows, just like anything else in life. And we want to talk about how to, how to cope with it. So like, uh, I'm, I'm doing a lot of talking. So Brendan, what, what are some things that you like to do when you're feeling either stressed, run down, boiled over, um, burnt out, you know, when, when you're, uh, during the season? It's, it's, it's a weird question or tough question, I think to answer because there's so many parts to it. Um, I think a lot of us, we skate so many games a year that you're eventually going to get burnt out. Um, like for me personally, like I skate pretty close to 500 games a year, give or take a few games either way. You're um, nuts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if you think about it, I mean, it doesn't sound like a lot because you're like, oh, that's if you average it out, it's still less than one per day. Um, mm -hmm. But still, I mean. Oh, it's you, more than one a day if you're at 500. Oh, sorry, it's less than two a day. Um, which when you think about it, a two banger every day doesn't sound that bad, but we're also cramming it into nine months. So I think a lot of it for me is I like to plan out my season into almost like thirds or even like month, like every few months. So like for, um, generally what I'll do is from September. So Labor Day weekends, the big kickoff start in Dallas. So from Labor Day till Thanksgiving, I go absolutely just balls to the walls, crazy skate as many games as I can. And then at Thanksgiving, I generally shut down for about a week just to regroup mentally reset, whatever, just, you know, get a week's rest. Don't look at hockey. Don't think about hockey. Just, relax you know hang out with family friends whatever and then it's generally the three weeks in between thanksgiving and christmas in the u.s is like mm -hmm. we always have you know two or three tournaments in that time spirit period in dallas so a lot of it for me is like hey let's just get to christmas get to christmas get to christmas and then at Christmas, yep. I take two weeks off. Like, I do not touch my skates for two weeks. From Christmas to the new year, I will not be on my skates. Um, that's just something, like, I found for me personally, that's how I avoid getting super burnt out because, like, there's times where, especially, like, right now, I'm so close to Thanksgiving, but I still have another tournament weekend to get through. And it's like, man, like, I have to get through 
10 more games before I get a week off, but you just keep telling yourself like, Hey, I get a week off in te- in these 10 games. Um, but speaking to, I guess the highs and lows of it for me, I mean, like I've, I've gone through the highs and lows like everybody else has refing. There's times where I felt like I should be in the National Hockey League, and then there's other times where I've left the rink wanting to sell my gear, might just throw it off the off the highway, you know, on the way home. For me to get through those, I'm I think I'm a little bit different in the sense of like I'll just keep refing. I mean, like if I know I'm in a slump. I will. So you kind of just do the, the just keep swimming route. Uh, yeah. You just keep going. Cause you push I, through. Cause I mean, eventually in my head, I'm like, I'll have a good game. And when I have that good game, it's a, it's like a, it's a breakthrough. Cause I mean, even going into this last weekend for us in Dallas, like I wouldn't say I was in a slump, but I was definitely feeling myself getting into one. Mm-hmm. And then I worked one game this weekend that it was a 18U, double uh, A, triple A game, whatever it was, and I was banding it in three man, and it just went perfectly. I mean, there yeah. was like four or five penalties. I called them all. I saw everything. It was great, and it was like cool. Like my energy's back up to a thousand. Put me on every single game you can because I'm ready to skate again. Um, mm-hmm. But like, I mean, I think a lot of us know when we're in a slump and it's just, Hey, realize that you're in a slump and figure out what works for you to get out of it. I know some guys like to go get out just a really good hard workout in um, some guys, you might even need a break. Other guys like me, it's just, Hey, just keep swimming. And eventually one game yeah. it's going to work. So, I mean, for me, I never used to take breaks. Um, I went, years and years in a row without ever really taking any time off. And now I have to do it. Um, during the off season, I try to stay away from the month from the rink for like men's league and stuff for at least a month or two. Um, Cause I just, I need that decompression time. Um, or like I'll do like one men's league set here and there just to stay on my feet on, you know, stay on my skates, but uh, I definitely take that time away. Um, and I know like when I was doing full-time, you start getting in your own head about shit. Mm-hmm. You start, you know, your self-evaling while you're on the ice. You're like, oh crap, I just did that wrong or I just did this wrong. And it's so easy to just get into your head about every little thing. Like, oh, should I have, should I have covered my partner's line there? Or should I have done this? Or should I have tossed that center? Like it's little things to the point where if you keep getting into your own head like that you just turn into your own worst enemy and then no matter how good or bad of like an eval you'll get you're still like nah i i effed up you know it just and then it snowballs and then once it snowballs you're like crap now what do i do Mm -hmm. so it's just it's finding that way to get out of it and usually for me it's either time off or just trying to reassess where I'm at and not get into my own head about stuff. It's like, okay, if I wouldn't, if I, if I wasn't, you know, good enough to be here, I wouldn't be here. So clearly I'm good enough to be here. So, okay. 
that's step one. Step two, all right, let's start doing the little things right again. Let's work on, you know, making sure, you know, we're getting the, 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 the correct center stick down first uh, for like junior or pro hockey. And then we're working on, you know, other, other little things that all compile. And then all of a sudden you're right back and you got your game put together again and you're not in your head about stuff. So like if you do simple tasks, you know, say, okay, here's what I'm work on today. Do this right. Okay, cool. I did this right yesterday. Now I'm going to do this stuff right. So those simple tasks add up and then boom, you're right back to, okay, like I got my whole game together. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I actually, I, I really do like that. And I really agree with that. Um, for and then me, I was going to say too, an, another thing to do, if you only work one or two rinks, if there are other rinks that you can work at, go work at those other rinks. Mm-hmm. Because seeing the same guys over and over and over again, def- it, 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 you wouldn't think it takes its toll on you, but it does. Because, like, you know, storylines then develop. Like, you're not just going into the rink seeing Team A and Team B. You're seeing the guy that you've argued with over something stupid for the last six weeks. And now you're like, fuck, I got this guy's team again. So now you're already walking in there like, why do I got to deal with this? So, you know, if, if you can change venues or try not to see the same teams over and over again, that's another thing to help avoid burnout. Yeah. I also, I also like the, uh, the mindset of for me in a hockey game, like when I'm working a, a North American league game and then a three game um, for my periods, I break them up into quarters so every, yep. it's a five minute segment for me. Yep. So it's hey, let's get through these well, first five minutes. That's like like working uh, pro hockey. We get our media timeouts. Mm-hmm. So like for me, doing like if I'm doing a game in Orlando or wherever, it's like okay, so I got to make it from twenty to fifteen. There's five minutes. Cool. Let's get our water break. Let's talk to our partner. Go talk to our referee. You know, like and decompress for that minute that we get that media timeout. And then are there medias in the NA? Uh, yeah, we generally get one at the 10 minute mark. It's hit and miss okay. though. But even that one, like even oh, getting huge. to break down your periods into, you know, two 10 minute periods instead. So six total instead of, you know, three straight twenties, mm-hmm. like you don't get that, like that mental break at those media timeouts is huge to, yeah, to I, decompress, reassess and, you know, get yourself back out there. I very much agree with that because, like, for me, like, there's been nights where I've come off from the first period. And I'm just like, damn, that that was a that was just a bad period, you know. Whether it was, yep. I I might not even have missed something. It might have just I was a step off the game. I was a step slow here. I was whatever it may be. But then it's like, okay, you come out for the second period. You get through the first five minutes. The only thing I'm focused on is getting that clock from twenty to fifteen. Once it gets under yep. 15, I'm like, cool, I made it through these five minutes perfectly. Let's get through the next five. And then, like you said, you get your TV timeout, you look at your partner, and you're like, well, hey, I'm buzzing now. Like, I'm, I'm buzzing. Yep. And then the rest of the game is just, hey, five minutes, five minutes, five minutes. Um, for me, that's something that's really helped me. I mean, I'll do that even, even in a youth game. Obviously, we don't get TV timeouts, things like that. But, like, mm-hmm. in, in a game that I'm wearing the bands – 
like this weekend we had the NAP showcase in town. Um, so they use 17 minute periods. And so my thing was, yeah. So my thing was, is there a cut? Uh, there was a cut at eight and a half minutes of the second. So they split the game in half. Okay. That's not terrible. At least you get that one ice cut. Yeah. I, I, I kind of liked it because it was the, for me, it was okay. Get through the first seven minutes of this hockey game. Now I only have 10 minutes in a period, get through the next five, get through the next five. Now you start the second period. There's eight and a half minutes on the board. Yep. It's like, just get through these next four minutes, get through the next four and a half minutes. And then you have 15 minutes to reset, regroup, figure out what you missed, figure out what's going wrong with this hockey game. And then you have a whole nother half a game to fix it. I mean, I'll, I'll, I do that constantly in youth games. Like, you know, we'll, we'll make a bad penalty and I'll be like, okay, cool. Like, let's just get over this. Let's Mm -hmm. regroup, figure out what went wrong and just keep going. Yep. Makes sense. So yeah, like segmenting games is definitely an easy tool that you can use like mentally to, uh, to keep yourself, you know, there. Um, Cause it's, it's definitely hard when you don't get those breaks. That's for sure. Um, Yeah. I mean, we're, we're skating the full 60 minutes. So it's, yep. it's not like a player where, hey, you can have one bad shift. Go think about it for a few minutes. It's you make a bad call, it could directly impact the game. Yep. Uh, you hope it doesn't, but sometimes it does. I think another thing, like with don't get overly critical of yourself until after the game and – you know, maybe ask your partner, hey, have anything for me? Or if it's a game that was recorded, maybe go back and watch it and do some kind of self-evaluation that way. But while you're on the ice, don't worry about that stuff. Mm-mm. Like, obviously worry about it. You know, know when you're not in position and stuff like that. But don't, like, harp on yourself about it. Because if you do, you're going to start going down the rabbit hole. And then when you go down that rabbit hole, you know, it takes a while to come back out of it. Yeah, you definitely can't dwell on the mistakes made. Um, I mean, look, we've all missed an offside. We've all, you know, messed up in icing, whether it's been hybrid or whatever. Goalies come out. The other guy was going to get it, whatever. You kind of, for me personally, like if I if I mess up, I'll go to the coach and say, hey, yeah, I, I messed up there. My bad. We'll be better. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really all you can do. I mean – the best example of that for me, even yesterday, I was three manning a game. Kid, two kids were behind me, and I saw them, but plays already deep in the other zone, so I'm I'm focused on that. I look back to where those two kids were, and one kid's motionless on the ice, and I'm like, Ruh-roh. I'm like, what the hell just happened? Because all I saw was two kids turning. Now one kid's down. Like, what happened? And blew my whistle because his team had the puck, whatever. Blew my whistle. My linesman looks at me, and I was like, oh, shit, I missed something. I obviously missed something. And he comes up to me, and he's like, hey, he, uh, he just cross-checked him in the head. And I was like, like, cross-checked him in the head? He's like, cross-checked him in the head. And I was like, cool, we got a five game then. So Perfect. now I have to go over to the coach, and the coach, I will give it to him. He tried to act a little bit dumb, but I didn't let him. It was one of those things where I was like, hey, 24 has got to go home. Gave him a five-game head contact. And he's like, well, you didn't see it. And I was like, you're right. Like, I missed it. I was like, I'm looking at the other 
eight guys. But my linesman hockey. can call majors. <laughs> exactly. And so it was one of those things where in my head I was like, damn, like I I I knew there was something that was gonna happen back there. And for some reason I didn't watch because I was like, hey, the puck's down two hundred feet away. And thank mm-hmm. thankfully I had some amazing linesmen that watched and picked it up. But like it's it's one of those things where it's like well you could sit that, there and dwell that, oh, I missed that penalty that I probably shouldn't have. Or you can say, hey, you know what? My linesman covered my ass for me. Let's finish out the next 30 minutes well, of this hockey. I mean, that happened That happened to me two weekends ago. I sent you guys the clip. Yep. Fucking, comment, fucking commentators <laughs> threw me under the bus. We're, yes, uh, they did. You know what? I, I think we're going to add that clip into this. So uh, here's the clip. Last cable whacked in the back by Bennett Blake. Missed by penalty coming up. Ross Cromaldi was told by his linesman. He didn't see it momentarily. So it was three on three overtime, and I'm just kind of skating down the ice, uh, following the play, and um, watching where the puck was. So I got, you know, puck happy. I was tunnel visioned on the puck. As a linesman normally would be. Well, yeah, exactly. I'm a (laughs) linesman. I don't don't know why they let me referee, but I, I do a decent job. Um, anywho, so then uh, I get up to my my line partner, who will be a guest on this podcast very soon, Sammy Klein, and she goes, "Put your arm in the air." I said, "Okay." So I put my arm in the air. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I look over. I mean, I see a guy. I'm like, "Okay, that kid probably got slashed," but whatever. So I got my arm in the air. I blow it when when the uh, the the offending team touches the puck. And I go, you for a slash. And the coach is going nuts. Meanwhile, we're watching the clip afterwards, and the commentator's like, Ross Cromaldi definitely didn't see that penalty. His linesman told him to put his arm in the air. Damn straight she did. Who who cares? It works. And and it's funny because I've been told, you know, coming up, uh, hey, you know, if we're a team out there, and if it's something that egregious, even if it's a minor – and if you're a line, if you're a linesman, tell your referee, "Hey, put your arm up." Mm-hmm. And if they ask why, say, "Don't worry about it. Just put your arm in the air, and I'll tell you in a second. Yeah, I, so, I I think that's also a big thing that we have to touch on is that we are a team on the ice. Um, yep. As much as so, you if one are of you is slumping, as and and if one of you is slumping that affects the whole team so like for the guys that you're on the ice with if they know you're in a slump or if i get to the rink and i'm working with brendan and i know he's in a slump i'm gonna do everything i can to help him out to make sure he Mm -hmm. gets out of it yeah because i mean at the end of the day yes we are competing amongst each other for spots and games uh but at the end of the day we are a team and I mean, there's look, there's been games where I've looked at my partner and I said, you're going to carry me tonight. And that's unfortunately, that's how it's going to be. And then there's yep. been other nights where my partner's that's looked most at me. For me. Yeah, like my <laughs> partner's looked at me and said, yo, I'm going to need you to carry me. And I'm like, yo, I got you. Like that. That's what we're here for. Yeah. Um, and that's why, like for me personally, like I thought this was a great topic to talk about today just because like, you know, we, we have a great interview that I think we should throw over to pretty quickly here with uh, Fabian. Yeah, Perez. let's uh, let's go over to the interview and then we'll wrap up our mental health talk and yeah. uh, call it an episode. So uh, Fabian is a 
He is the strength and conditioning coach at Robert Morris University. He works with the D1 uh, men's, women's, hockey, soccer, and rowing teams. And so he was able to give us so much more information that 95% of it went straight over my head because I'm not smart enough to understand half of it about the training and the nutrition side of hockey. So without further ado, Let's send this over to Fabian. And this interview is proudly sponsored by Acme Thunderer, helping you make the big call since 1870. The legendary Acme Thunderer is now available in matte black. Over to Fabian. Speaking on conditioning, I think a lot of people put conditioning like, oh, you have to be in shape, blah, blah, blah. But like you just kind of said like, hey, maybe don't do conditioning at the gym, leave that for the ice? Yes, exactly. And like that I specifically mean because what is the point of – your body needs a point of recovery, right? Mm -hmm. You can only build so much of what you destroy. And if you're constantly destroying, you're risking yourself as as an injury that can happen along the way. It's like if you squat every day, your squat's not going to get any better it's the law of diminishing returns, you know? So you have to break it down, let yourself recover, and then break it down again. You might not be breaking down as much muscle when you're doing cardio exercises, like when you're doing sprints and stuff. But sprinting is one of the most crucial aspects of exercise, being that is you're putting so much force into every sprint that it's more than doing like a one rep max squat because you're trying to throw your entire body forward. It's like even the way you skate, you use your arms to propel you forward. You're in a lean, you're pushing off with your legs. And like one thing I really tell a lot of athletes and it even goes for anybody really, your legs are gases and brakes. So like hamstrings are going to be your brakes, right? And your gas is going to be your quads. So you're really going to be looking at things of what are you preventing? Like the most common thing you hear for like, like sprinters or anybody really going to the gym is like, oh, I pulled my hamstring. And it's like, well, what were you doing? Did you prepare your hamstring? Were you doing uh, endurance for muscle strength? Were you just going too heavy? Have you not recovered properly? What was off? There's a lot of questions that go on to it. Um, there's like a world-renowned uh, weightlifting uh, community. It's called Westside Barbell. And anybody can look them up. And that guy, they train insane. Like, they're ridiculous. And, like, one of the things they do is uh, they do, a, like, a hamstring uh, prevention injury kind of program. And they do, like, 100 reps in between sets of resisted bands just to get the muscle acclimated to the weight that it's about to do. So, like, like you asked about warm-ups, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure – I don't know. I've never seen refs warm-up. I'm pretty sure you guys do it, like, together, like, in the room or something. Like just the same way, like, you do for hockey. You, you know, you set yourself somewhere else where nobody really watches. Mm-hmm. Like big thing, um, I don't like static stretching. So like static stretching is just like reaching for your toes and not moving. You know what I mean? Like those stretches aren't good when you're cold. The reason I say that and is because that we learned through studies and everything is that it really causes more injury than not. And there's also a thing called ballistic uh, stretching. And that's, that's really harmful for the body. So what we like to do for like our athletes, for example, is we do dynamic stretching. So it's like the kind of like doing the jogs, you know, 
doing some jumps, doing some lunges, doing some twists and turns, really getting the body moving through all three planes of movement. Because as you know, when you're playing or when you're skating or when you're running, you're not in one like plane of motion. And when I mean plane of motion, like you're not just going forward. You're also going side to side. Like every body part is going through something different, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so you really want to get your body ready to go, to go up and down, side to side, forward and back. Um, cause your body is realistically cut into way too many places. Like it's like hips and up, hips and up, hips and down, hips and up. Uh, your body's in half, your body's front and back. And in every aspect you're doing something. It's like when you drop the puck, one leg is most of the time pivoting. So it doesn't get smacked or your arms are moving to the side and your legs are staying still you know you always need to be prepared it's the fast twitches and i'm pretty sure it's happened to you where you move too quick and you're like oh that did not feel good you know? <laughs> way too many times <laughs> yeah exactly and that's something we really want to like prevent because like you know like if you've done that once or twice you're like like it's a sometimes it's like a nagging injury but like you know it doesn't hurt it just it's just there yeah and you're just kind of like sitting on it like man like what the hell did i actually like do and those are like the little things that we really want to prevent during warmups. Um, like we have a, like our warmup at RMU is like a, like a total workout. I swear it's a 15 minute, 15, like 16 minute warmup, but we have it like dialed in, man. Like it's, it's quick. It's fast. It has push-ups, It has jumping jacks. We have three different types of jumping jacks that we do before all of it. So like you do like regular and then you go like, side to side and then you do like a running man style like you got to do all those because like i mentioned you got to go through all three planes of the three main planes of movement so it's it's a lot of preparedness and we do that before like anything and everything unless you're coming straight out of practice you know like then you're already warm you're already kind of hot so we don't really need to warm up the body as much so okay. that like resting wise i would include something like that Okay, so before we get to the rink then, what are you telling players to eat, how much, when, where? Okay, so with as far as nutrition goes, it's a little bit different for every athlete, obviously. Everybody's different sizes, different weights. Um, but like general rule of thumb, we want a little – before game days, we want more carbohydrates. Um, they're just easier to put down good carbs, uh, complex carbs really. So something like sweet potatoes are really good. Um, I always advocate those because you can just put cinnamon on them, keep the calories lower in the sugar aspect and keep them more readily available for the body. Um, you want lean meats. So you want like your chicken. Uh, if you're going to eat gra- ground beef or red meat in general, try to keep it to like a lower fat. So like 93.7, 95.5, you know, things like that. Um, you just want to keep leaner meats. Uh, fats go a long way. It just depends on what kind of fats you have. Like you have trans fats, you have monosaturated fats, like all that complicated stuff. Um, so we're really just trying to keep it easy and good. Um, on our way to the rink, I like suggesting something not too heavy. Um, just because, you know, even if you skate, like even if you're just walking around and you eat something really heavy, you're going to feel heavy, mm-hmm. you know. And then you have those guys that take like dumps before they play and you know, you want, you want to try to minimize the weight that everybody has. You know, if you feel heavy, you're going to feel heavy on the ice skating. So we try to really utilize uh, the 
pregame dinner. So like the night before the game, we try to really utilize the nutrition aspect. And then the same thing going into the next morning, we just want to make sure guys eat good lean meats, even if they're like for breakfast, if it's like good eggs, you know, egg whites, um, you know, they can have bacon, it's whatever, you just don't overdo it. Um, you know, oatmeal is a real good choice. Uh, we have like cream of rice, we can have really anything that will satisfy the body, but give it enough energy and enough output, if that makes sense. Um, I like personally, like for my brother, where he plays with the Brahmas out here in Lone Star, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I really like having him have some BCAs uh, or EAAs, uh, essential amino acids, uh, before his game. It's just kind of like a, it's like a step before protein shake, I guess you could say, for layman terms. Um, it's light on the body. It keeps the protein levels up, so it helps with the muscles. Um, it even helps with hung- curbing hunger. Um, it's just little things like that that really make a big difference. Um, some people like doing salads and everything. I don't, I don't really recommend that, especially if you're going to be playing games. You need the energy. Um, you can even see it in the NHL. You see guys like, like you've seen Ovi take a Coke when he goes into overtime. It's because you want those sugars and those carbs to be shooting faster. Um, mm-hmm. This gives you a better source of energy. Just because if you eat fast, it takes a lot longer for it to break down. Like to put it in retrospect, protein and carbs have the same amount of calories, which is four calories per gram. When a fat has nine grams of fat, nine grams of calories per fat, per gram of fat, that makes sense. So it's almost double the amount of energy. That's double the amount of energy that your body has to break down. And a lot of things that like world-class Ironman people do is that they eat a really high, like uh, I I wouldn't call it a keto diet or carnivore diet but it's a lot of high fats and high proteins. So when they actually do compete, they just load up on carbs and that they're so insulin sensitive is that their body just absorbs it. Um, So even for you guys, I would like even just a normal person really in general um, should be really watching the amount of carbohydrates they eat. So if they do do something of like high energy requirements, it should be that you can bump up the calories and bump up the carbs so that you can get the most output. Okay. uh, Ross, go ahead. I was just going to say that that all definitely makes sense. And obviously for us, you know, for for players, it's, you know, they're getting on the ice 45 seconds to a minute at a time, short bursts of energy. Whereas for us, you know, we got to pace ourselves because we're on the ice a whole 60 minutes. Um, What kind of, like, recommendation could you make as far as like working on whether it be stamina or um like eating for making sure you have that energy throughout the game and not crashing stuff like that okay so to start off with the stamina part uh one thing that i've really seen that we do here at rmu that i've really liked is we do a thing called sprint ability so it's kind of uh i don't know if you've ever heard of hit like high intensity interval training Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm Um, that is one thing I really like incorporating with all sorts of athletes, um, being that you get most of your cardio, like I said, from the game, but to increase the stamina, we like to do sprint ability. So it's like, um, you can do, we call them pogos and you pretty much just jump in place for about 20 seconds. And then you have a 10 second rest. You move on to the next exercise. And that exercise can be like, uh, like kettlebell swings. So you do kettlebell swings for 20 seconds. So you're just going through like a mini sprint because sprints really don't last that long when you think about it and 
in hockey, it's mainly you want to, as you guys know, it's like you want to go in the fastest straight line as you can. You don't mm-hmm. necessarily want to be going into like a weird diagonal kind of thing unless you're the actual player and you're crossing over catching speed. But for stripes, at least in my head, it's always up and down, you know? So sprintability would be one thing I'd really work on, and that would be doing hit. And hit could be as simple as 20 minutes or 10 minutes of, like, actual hard, intense cardio. And that's, like, 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off, 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off. And you could do it as, like, you could even do it at home. You could do 20 seconds of jumping jacks and take 10 seconds off. Another 20 seconds of, like, uh, squat jumps, take 10 seconds off. If you have a kettlebell, do 20 seconds kettlebell swings. And then you go on to the next one. And if you have a medicine ball, like a mini one or something, throw it on the ground 20 seconds, take 10 seconds off, and you just cycle through it and do like yeah. four rounds. Yeah, that, not, that, that kind of – the high-intensity training definitely makes sense for what yeah. we do. So um, – And then – oh, go. Uh, really quick, if you were – so in theory, we work – or a lot of us work Friday, Saturday, Sunday – so I think a lot of us, uh, I know me personally, like I go to the gym Monday through Thursday. Mm-hmm. What as a trainer would you recommend for that Monday through Thursday, like training session? Uh, trying to think. I would, if it was up to me, since I would probably do it into a, like a one day on one day off one day on one day off kind of split Mm -hmm. and so like let's say you start on monday right monday would be our heavier days so we would do like a we would split it up to an upper and a lower so monday we would do lower because we want to preserve preserve the legs as much as we can right because we're not using our upper body as much when when we're i guess i don't know would you say dropping the puck or grab yeah, we don't we don't use a whole lot of upper body. Yeah, I don't know how to like put it into words, but you guys are gonna be using your legs a lot more than you are your arms, you know? Yeah. So I would put Monday would be like our leg day. So leg day, we could do it. Uh, we could do squat. We could do squat, and then we could do whatever else leg accessories we want to do. We could have like two different programs. One week we would do like quads. And hamstrings, or we could do quads and hamstrings. So we could do squats and then already accessory work. Um, a lot of prevention just keeps the hips mobile. Um, being a big thing is that you're always in that athletic position, or like we learned in a hockey position, you're always in that virtually a squatted position. So we really want to preserve the muscles and the joints as much as we can. Um, then after we do that heavy leg day, we would move on to um, more of like a I guess you could say like a recovery state. It's more of a lighter accessory day. So for that day, we could do like, we could do calves and arms or something. We could mm-hmm. do, if you're really sore from the day before, you come and tell me, hey man, like yesterday we absolutely annihilated my body. And it's like, all right, well, let's do some stretching. Let's get some cardio in. You know, we could be in and out 45 minutes because you don't need to absolutely be in the gym for an hour. Or I mean, for like two or three hours, you know? It's all about the stimulus. Um, a lot of things I like to tell athletes is you want to stimulate, not annihilate. Because if you annihilate, you can't perform the next day that you need to do. And that goes into like our Wednesday, Thursday. Our Wednesday would be our push day, right? Our push, pull, whatever, upper day. 
So then we can do like bench and pull-ups or we can do um, shoulder press and uh, a bench press exercise, a pressing exercise. Usually you want to pair with like a, a push and a pull exercise if we're doing a whole body so that we can get the most benefit when using different muscles. So like when you think about it, when you're pulling, like if you're pulling on a row, you're pulling with your back and you're mm -hmm. pulling with your biceps and forearms, right? When you're pushing, like in a bench press, we're using our delts, our chest, and our triceps for the lockout. So if you can utilize and break down more muscle in a short amount of time, we're creating a higher stimulus, which in ultimate fact, we're burning more calories, we're adding, we're destroying muscle, which will recover into adding more muscle, and we're going to just preserve more time for your recovery state. Um, a big thing at RMU is that our workouts are only an hour. Like, we don't go over and we don't go under. Like, we have it dialed in. We, as soon as everyone's on the field, everybody's time conscious, stopwatches go, and we're just flowing. Um, we also like to have fun, like, on the lighter days. For athletes especially, and, like, even normal people can do it, we have a thing called uh, SAQ, which stands for Speed, Agility, and Quickness. And, like, I would even do it with you guys because it, it's you can make it fun you can make it very competitive if you have a partner you could do like a you put like four cones down and you can do like the box drills you can do spins you can do ins and outs you can even do a star drill um we can even do lines i don't i know not everybody's into doing lines but you can do lines um <laughs> uh, if your gym has like a prowler or a sled like turf there's a lot of fun things you can do on that honestly the lighter days are more of the fun days because you can even do like we call it arm farm and all it does is just a big arm day just to, you know, get the guys going. Even the girls love it. Uh, they love getting that pump going. So that would be our lighter days, and we could do it either way. Um, more than anything, I would probably do, like, SAQs on the Thursday after the push, pull and push and pull, and then I would probably do, like, some accessory work on, like, that Tuesday. Just because if you – especially – I'm pretty sure you guys travel – even yeah. if you're in like the Dallas area, like I know you're out in here in the DFW area yep. and there's plenty of games out here, but I'm pretty sure you guys travel to like Oklahoma or New Mexico or, yep. you know, a lot of guys that would be listening to this. Um, they're in the car a lot of hours every week. Yeah, exactly. You know, traveling around doing games here and there. So obviously the, the downtime in the car sucks cause you're just sitting there and mm -hmm. then, you know, you're trying to get a workout in, in the hotel. If yeah. the hotel's got a gym, which obviously isn't always the best, but you know, we, we make do, we definitely try to make do with what we have and it, it's definitely nice getting some, uh, some feedback and some insight and some stuff that we should be doing on, uh, uh, uh stuff like that. Um, you know, on our, on our off days from, from skating. Yeah. I think like, like you mentioned, I need, I didn't even really think about it. Like being in the car for so long, and then going to the hotel and trying to work out, I think getting a good like 20, 30 minute like lift, like a whole body lift, like you could even do a circuit, like a boot camp kind of style, what they call it, would be like just perfect. Just because getting off of like, even getting off a car or off a van or a bus or whatever, after like so many hours, you have like that lethargic feeling of like, like I don't want to do anything. You know what I mean? You just yeah. want to lay in the bed, you just want to eat. I think getting a quick 20, 30 minute workout, like after you're settled in, in the hotel or whatever is probably more than enough. Even just going for a walk and just doing some lunges, you know, going, walking to a park or a parking lot and just doing something for a little bit will really get the blood flowing. 
just because your legs and your whole body is just chilling. Like you're just chilling in a car. There's nothing you can do about it, you know? Yep. And that's a big thing. Um, so yeah. one other thing that I really wanted to touch on was the post game. So like what would you do for like a recovery meal and even like a cool down after the game? For a cool down, I like doing the more static stretching. Um, so like going back to the static stretching would be like touching your toes, like really sitting into one stretch, like doing a butterfly stretch. And the reason for that is because your body is already hot and warm from doing whatever physical activity it might have been. Um, so it doesn't lead to as many injuries. You're already hot, you're already cold. And plus you can get a bigger range of motion being that the muscles and the joints are already hot. So you would be able to get into a deeper, like if you're going to do a squat stretch, you would be able to get into a deeper than you would cold compared to being hot. So that would be a big thing. Even like having a cool down, like just going for a light, like five minute jog or five minute walk, just good, good solid pace, you know, just getting it down. You could even do some push-ups, keep the heart rate up a little bit and then slowly drop it. Um, so that would be as far as like doing post-workout stuff. Um, going into the nutrition after would be pretty much the same as you would do the pregame meal. So we would, we would add a little bit more fats in just to get the body metabolism going last a lot longer. Um, definitely add carbohydrates back into it, especially like you guys mentioned, it's going to be Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So if you're already skating Friday, you need to fuel back up for that Saturday night game, Saturday evening game, whatever. And then you got to do it again on Saturday. You got to fuel up again. So you're ready mm -hmm. for Sunday. Yep. Um, Sunday, I would keep it to like a, like Sunday. You could have a relaxed day. I know it's probably not as easy to get like high quality foods, like high quality meats and potatoes and things like that. Um, especially being in a hotel, not every hotel has like a kitchen. Um, definitely making smarter food choices that way would be a great a great idea. Um, but as far as like as much as that is controlled, I would definitely say higher quality meats and a little bit higher proteins would be great because even if you're just skating you're breaking down muscle um because yeah. you're being very well, physically active and since we're going down the the diet trail here um like so you know we got the i guess fattish diets which would be like you know keto and paleo yeah. and and this and that is there anything like particular one that we should stay away from or try to do or like what what would be your best advice with um you know uh making sure we're eating the right things and and uh not just obviously getting something passed through us passed to us through our car window yeah um honestly when it comes to diets i don't really like any diets and this is a a thing i've thought about for a long time and a lot of reading and a lot of studying um just because diets like, like you said, they're fad diets. They, they don't last so long. Like how long can you be on a keto diet and not have anything bad happen? Being like, like keto, for example, is very, very high protein, high, very fat diet, um, yep. and very minimal carbs, right? You don't need carbohydrates to survive, first of all. So like they have that down. Um, as an athlete though, or just as a physical activity person, having carbohydrates is a big plus because it's a real easy energy source. Um, and then like paleo and Mediterranean diets, they're very, uh, not necessarily high in fats, high in carbs or anything, but they're like the healthier options, I guess you mm -hmm. could say. 
because they're closer to what we ate like a million years ago, which was just animals, really, and whatever else we could scavenge and hunt for. Um, my biggest uh, thing is, I guess it really depends on your goals. So if you're, well, first and foremost, I really think people are afraid of fats when fats are 100% needed in a diet. Like people are afraid of fats like they're afraid of carbs. Um, fats are needed in the diet. I'm not saying you need to eat 100 grams of fats, but having yeah. a good like 20% of your diet or 20% of your calories really should be from fats, being that fats are responsible for hormone productions in the human body. So if you're not, if you cut out all your fats, especially for like a man, where, where are your levels of testosterone really, you know, you're going to feel really slow. You're going to feel really sluggish. Your, your um, sexual activity is going to feel down. You're not going to feel so much like a, like a man, you know, like mm -hmm. the main thing of a man is testosterone. And yep. a lot of testosterone development comes from the fats that you eat from red meats or um, you can get them from nuts, but they're not the same as getting it from red meats. Yeah. So like, that's a big thing that I really push for athletes, like on off seasons for people trying to put on muscles and everything, um, and trying to like get a better body composition. I really push, um, fats as like, don't be afraid of them because they can make up a big percentage of your calories. Um, you just want to make sure you don't eat too much of them because then you'll get fat. Yeah. And like, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. And like carbs carbs is like like they're the best tasting things like i to me they're the best tasting things like i love my brownies man brownies and coke zero are my thing but the reason why a lot of people like to cut carbs out is because they're the easiest thing to cut out because you can get so lost in eating so many like like my favorite things are like cosmic brownies like the little debbie brownies with the rainbow things on them yep like i eat one of those and that has like 50 grams of carbs and it's like 300 calories yeah. And I can sit there and stuff like the whole box down my mouth and there goes my whole diet for the day. Yep. So that's why a lot of people like cutting out carbs because it's just, it's easier to cut out your calories. Um, when you're really sitting down and eating, you should really eat your proteins first, your protein and fat first, because they'll, the protein will fill you up faster than the fat and carb as well. Yeah. So if like you're having like, well, cause steak, it's more dense, right? Exactly. And it takes longer for the body to break down than, fat uh, carbs mm -hmm. exactly so you got the concept it you want to fill yourself up before you're actually like just gouging down a bunch of rice or potatoes and then you get to your meat and you don't even finish it yeah you know it's like when uh like a lot of things that I, a lot of kids i've seen don't like eating breakfast and like i'm not saying breakfast is the most important meal um because i i generally don't think so i think breakfast is kind of like just an extra way to get calories in or to keep you yeah. not so hungry for I'm lunch. A, I'm a big breakfast guy. I, I got to have my eggs, eggs and coffee and, and bacon. See, is, like, uh, like, do you use the whole egg? Uh, yeah, I just do scrambled eggs. See, like, like, if you wanted to cut calories, like if you're trying to lose weight but keep your protein levels up. Well, yeah, get rid of the yolk. Exactly. And just and do the egg whites. Yep, exactly. And a lot of people don't see that you can do small changes like that to just make a big difference, you know? Mm -hmm. If you're eating six eggs, you're eating six yolks. Like, okay, man, like you can take a few of those yolks out and cut your calories and still enjoy your pancakes, your oatmeal, whatever you like. Yep. Makes sense. Yeah.
Um, so really quick, you are part of Zerps Barbell. Is that how you say it? Yeah, Zerps. Yeah, so talk about a little bit about that. Like, I mean, I follow your guys' Instagram page and whatnot. Like, shout yourself out for that. Uh, so Zerps kind of just started uh, a couple years ago. It was just something I wanted to start doing um, to pass knowledge, just talk about random things, just pretty much just be myself. Um, being that uh, a lot of people don't know that I'm a type one diabetic. So a big thing of my Zerps started off as like nutrition, um, just overall knowledge, um, trying to get awareness out that you don't have to be uh, an old person to have diabetes and things like that. There's plenty of kids out there, like sadly that, you know, have autoimmune diseases, not just diabetes. And overall nutrition is a, is a big aspect of what we live in as a society now um a lot of people think you need to have a lot of money to be healthy and it's honestly a lot more about choices and what you can do because you can live on chicken and rice your whole life but it's not as fun and it's not as nutritious you know yeah so exactly. kind of do that yeah and uh another aspect of like like brendan said it was just uh we we played hockey together as a kid and like i played for utep and it was really of the turning of, man, what could I have done different? And uh, one of the biggest mistakes I made, like, training as, like, a teenager was I was training like a bodybuilder, not training like an athlete. Yeah. And that's, that's a huge misconception that I see with young athletes is that they want to train like bodybuilders. They think they need to be big and super strong to be successful because they see the pros that are that big. But the pros have been doing it for – 10 15 years already and that's yeah. why they look like that um like i was saying earlier like in your warm-up you want to train in every like direction that you can whether it's up and down side to side um so that's why i started that so i could try to really help kids navigate where they want to go if they want to be bodybuilders great we can train you like bodybuilders if you want to train like a power lifter train like a power lifter if you want to truly train like an athlete train like an athlete and that means not, not doing just like a bro split, like doing having a chest day and then having a back day and then having a squat day. Yeah. It's truly utilizing every minute that you can as much as you can, creating as much yep. stimulus. Um, that was the real reason why I started Zerps. And hopefully eventually uh, once I'm done in the, in the university realm or the college realm, I can open up my own facility and that'd be sick. I think that wraps up this interview. Fabian, thanks for coming on. Always a pleasure. Uh, awesome. I mean, guys, go check out his Instagram page. It's awesome. There's so many good workouts on there. And again, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. That interview was brought to you by Rolo Golf. Uh, 15% off uh, at their golf at the golf store on their website. Use code STRIPES15 to get 15% off of all their polos. Uh, they have gloves, they have socks, they have masks. It's a great company. I love them. I'm still waiting on my polo to get here, but when it does, you'll be the first people to see it. It'll be all over our page. Uh, so a little bit about the interview to wrap it up. I thought it was really good, super informative. Uh, Ross, what were your thoughts? Um, I definitely want to follow up on him and maybe try to do some kind of, maybe a little mini video series, of like even just warm-up stuff. Like. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily because, you know, we have to use it, but 
you know, having uh, input from somebody that kind of knows what they're doing um, is always good because you never know. There's could be something that we're doing is is wrong, and we could do be doing better. So, you know, it's always nice to have that resource for the health and fitness stuff. Um, I would say maybe if anyone's got any kind of like health and fitness questions, uh, let us know, and then maybe we can uh, set up some kind of like Q and A with your buddy. And we yeah, can, I can. Uh, uh, I can definitely send those questions over to him and get them answered because mm-hmm. Lord knows he knows way more than we do about that stuff. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like guys, feel free to send over questions about it, whether it's a workout routine, nutrition, whatever it may be. Uh, DM us on any social media, email us. I don't care. We will get the question to them, get a response, and fire that back to you as quickly as possible. Perfect. And then to kind of circle back to the mental health stuff, um, I will say, and this this goes kind of beyond hockey. Um, Obviously, you know, with quarantine and all that other stuff that we've had to deal with this year, a lot of people are having – uh, issues from, you know, being in quarantine, being home alone, not being able to go to the rink and see the boys, possibly, you know, some of us, you know, lost our, our jobs or got furloughed or, you know, just the stresses that have come along with all of this, take care of yourself, um, mentally. Uh, if you have issues, don't be afraid to pick up the phone, call your primary, Uh, and try to maybe get in with a psychologist or a therapist, you know, whatever. Um, I can't stress enough that if any of you guys out there having any sort of mental health issues, um, there are plenty of resources out there for everyone that to have access to some are free. Um, if you have your health insurance, you know, whatever, whatever your situation is, there's someone out there that can help you work through whatever it is that you're going through in life. And, uh, just like I said, take care of your mental health. Cause I tell you, like for me, I've had my fair share of issues, um, and having help getting through all of it has definitely made my journey back to being me a lot easier and a lot, um, I guess a lot more rewarding. Yeah. Rewarding in the, in the sense of being me again, um, because I did kind of lose myself for a little while. I went uh, through divorce a couple years ago and then these mental health issues I'm still dealing with, but it's um, it's just something that's very important. And I can't just stress enough. Like if you feel like you need help, get it. Don't worry about, you know, Oh, he goes to see this or whatever. Like, screw the stigma that goes along with it. Take care of yourself and also, you know, take care of your friends. You know, if, if you see somebody struggling, um, something we always used to talk about in the air forces, uh, I had a wing commander that used to say, I would always ask somebody three times the same question of how are you doing today? Cause usually the first time you ask them, they'll, <laughs> they'll give you the air force answer, which is, um, so they'd be like, Hey, Airman Cromaldi, how are you today? Good, sir. No, Aaron Cromaldi, really, how are you? Oh, I'm, I'm good. Aaron Cromaldi, tell me, how are you today? Well, here's actually what's going on. So, like, if you ask somebody three times or you're going to tell you to F off, 
which means they're fine <laughs> or they, or maybe not, but they also are, you know, more likely to, to maybe open up to you. So take care of yourselves, take care of your friends, take care of your family. And uh, that's, that's my soapbox about mental health. I, I hope that's all right, Brendan. Oh, it is more than okay. Um, I think that wraps up this episode though. It was an awesome episode. Uh, and really quickly before we forget, um, obviously go follow us on all of our social medias. And as I've been pushing for the past three or four weeks now, we are almost at 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. We're at 951 at the time of this recording. So we are 49 away. Ooh, ooh okay. 49 about, people. Will we know who the 1,000th subscriber is? So, yes, but I okay. have been thinking, and to make it fair for well, everybody, what, yeah, what I we're actually know what, what I think we should do is when we get to a thousand subscribers, we do some sort of giveaway. Yep. We're going to come up with what it is. And, ooh, I, hmm. Right. I, I think I got a couple of ideas of, of what we could do. Good. Um, and then we'll we'll also talk to Logan and, and Brandon yep. about what they think. And uh, let's let's first let's get to a thousand subscribers. Yep. But um, let's you know tell some of your other referee friends you know to check this out. Listen to me and Brendan uh, ramble on about nonsense and and hockey and jerseys and everything else. But uh yeah we're gonna come up with something good i think i got a couple of good ideas yeah so there will be a giveaway of some sort that if you are a subscriber you'll automatically be entered we'll figure all that out when we hit the other 49 subscribers we need but i do want to say thank you for everybody that has subscribed in the past 28 days that's just the number that's popped up on youtube we've jumped up 31 subscribers which is huge we appreciate it and well you know why we jumped up 31 why because you were doing the episode by yourself no one wants to hear me talk i was thinking there was 31 teams so like i, I made a friend on on one team who knows oh right. yeah true but that wraps up uh, episode 76 of the team stripes podcast we'll be back next week with another great episode and thank you Perfect. guys as always for listening all right everybody take it easy